I'm Nikki. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Jamie. And this is America's Ass is a Gal Cast. All right. <laughs> Finally did it. Hi, and welcome to America's Asses. We are an MCU-centric podcast by women for everybody. Right, ladies? Absolutely. You got it. Hello. And welcome What's back. Up? We, okay, Secret Invasion. Oh, first of all, how are you, Alyssa? Me? Yeah, you. How are you? I'm, sorry. I fi- I'm switching it up this time. I'm going with I you. I know. I was like, me? Why Why are you? She's like, I wasn't expecting this. Well, in our I was pre- like, me? What did I do? In our, in our, you know, half hour pre-show banter, um, I did not um, even ask you how you're doing. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I'm, I'm swell. You're just swell. Swell. <laughs> That's good. Jamie? She says swell. She says swell. Um, I, I sound like swell. a man. <laughs> well you know we got you it's because Allergies. of all no well, there you know is we us chicagoans have the worst air quality in the entire world right now we do we so it's every- the worst in the entire world yeah yeah oh, so because everybody's of the- allergies and sinuses are running rampant yeah this morning um uh, I had the windows open and then like my house smelled mm-hmm. funky. And then I watched, like I, put, I put good old WGN news on and I'm like, nope, close all the windows. And yeah. guess, guess what? Our game hmm. came to an end on Sunday. I put the air conditioners in <laughs> because Sunday we woke up and it was so humid in our apartment. Oh our- yeah, it was gross this weekend. Our yeah. feet stuck to the floor. And then Mr. Mr. Big looked at me and he's like, let's do it. it you know so, what? You're going to need it. Yeah. 20 minutes later, we had the air conditioners on. Not just for today, but this upcoming week is supposed to be like 90s. You're going to need those. So yeah. I'm glad yeah. you got them in. Yeah. So last weekend, it was like as hot as it was, it was as humid yeah. And this genius thought, oh, I'm going to pull some weeds and, oh, you know, geez. like be productive and stupid. Maybe get, some, get a little <laughs> tan. I'm working in the art. Toward the end, I was like, she looked like a beat tomato. Oh my God. I felt <laughs> like I was going to pass out. I was like, I'm done. I need to get water. Like, did you have that? Out. Did you have that boob stink? You know, when you sweat under your boobies oh, and I'm then sure. it festers. We and... that almost on a daily basis. Yeah, true, true. Right? Although, you it's know what I've been doing is I've been... It does always like that. <laughs> I, I have that clinical strength deodorant. Mm-hmm. You swipe a little under? I swipe a little under each boobie. Yep. And I do it in the... Where, you know, where your thigh meets your cooter. I do it there because that, you know, I mean... Mm-hmm. it's where you do it and you do it on the fupa <laughs> yeah. yeah right where you know so and i'm telling you it's a game changer i don't know why i went 45 fucking years of my life without knowing this and i started yeah. doing it 
this school year, I started doing it and I'm like, it's a fucking game changer. Mm -hmm. My God. I mean, I, I used to go home on my lunch breaks and shower. I would shower twice a day because I would sweat so much at work. You know, I mean, we have air, but my classroom, the, the school boiler is in my classroom, like right (laughs) now. So like my classroom is boiling year round, year round. I wouldn't survive. It it gets so hot in there. (laughs) So, all righty. Do we have any Marvel news? Yeah. All right. What we got? Um, so all over the Instagram this week. Oh yeah, you were telling me. Oh boy. Was um which I'm very upset about. Um <laughs> that, <laughs> um there are a whole bunch of rumors that Ben Affleck was on the set of I know <laughs> Nikki's face um was on the set of Deadpool 3. No. Who the fuck and- is he playing? Oh, Daredevil? just wait till she. I was gonna say, wait till she tells you. He was the OG Daredevil. I know. Well, I know. He was the. And lesser, I'm like the lesser of the Daredevils. There is only one Daredevil in my heart. But wait, with all of this, but, but it would be like a multiverse. Okay, yeah, I get it. So it'll be like all the Peter Parkers. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I hopefully. Get it. I mean, they haven't said anything like if Charlie Cox was on set. So what? You know, like, what's his them, daredevil? So. He's an old, fat, worn out, washed up <laughs> daredevil. What sounds good to me, right? I don't well, he's not shit. washed up. I mean, it. You look at his life right now. I mean, he's on fucking cloud nine. I mean, it's going pretty good for him right now. But I'm not a fan. I am not a fan of him either. Never was. I'm not a fan. He just seems. I don't know. Not our kind, <laughs> no. whatever our kind is, but like he just—it's not does. that. He's yeah, not my second husband. No, nope, nope. But I'll tell you who—I'll tell you who can be my second husband. Fucking Brett Goldstein. Oh Holy my god! god. I have turned <laughs> into fucking <laughs> Alyssa. She's. I am like so in love with this man. Of him in a row. And she's like, I'm turning into you. And I was like, fine. I I deserve that. And then I sent her like two more like Charlie Cox Charlie Cox TikToks. (laughs) Say that ten times fast. Cox TikToks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm gonna admit something to you because you know we're open, we're honest. We communication is key. I did not open those because I didn't want to fuck up my breakfasting <laughs> algorithm. That's awesome. I, I I don't blame you. It's totally fine. <laughs> Where for me? I too funny. Watch these interviews with Brett Goldstein, and he is first of all okay. Um, he's hairy. Number one, you know I love the hairy dudes. Right. So is Charlie Cox. Oh yeah, he's hairy too. Oof. I mean, I just I don't know. It just I know it's not everybody likes it, but I do. Okay. I don't think I would. Number two. I do. 
Number two, just like Charlie Cox, he has an awesome accent. Mm -hmm. I do love a mean accent. I do make Mr. Big um, talk to me in his Wisconsin accent every once in a while because <laughs> nice gets me going. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, the other day ago. <laughs> That's fucking um, hysterical. He's like, hey, hey, do you want to go get some tacos? <laughs> tacos. Tacos and some margaritas. We can have regular and strawberry. <laughs> anyway. I need so, I need to hear that in person. Oh, oh we've oh when we come over next, I swear okay. to God. I'm like, I need to I'll hear just that. I'll tell him. I'll be like, babe, you gotta just talk Wisconsin. I just need to hear it. I just need it. <laughs> yeah. So funny. It's so funny. Yep. He's like, oh, I got the deer. Yeah, it was a 10 buck. <laughs> a 10 point buck. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Anyway, so Brett Goldstein has an uh, oh, an entrancing British accent. I watched three episodes. Did you? And did you like it? Yes. I just haven't had time. I am almost done with season three. And then season three is their final season. We're talking about um, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. So, oh, and um, that was your. Oh, and that was your. Marvel News. Yeah. So, okay. Continue now. Okay. So now, so accent. Um, now. Harry. <laughs> now. She's already in it. She can't help it. I know right I can't. I, I I start now. I can't stop. Accent. Uh, 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 Harry. He loves the Muppets. Like loves <laughs> the Muppets. He in several interviews he was saying how the highlight of his life was when he was on Sesame Street, and that was mm -hmm. the pinnacle of his life. Like he he has he has touched the sun, and there's nowhere else to go. Like he he's like I have. I've made it. I'm on Sesame Street. Hmm. And he's nothing. Well, he's nothing like his like his character Roy Roy uh, Kent. He is very soft spoken. He's very funny. If you watch his stand up, I mean, he's hilarious. And that's another point is that he's fucking hilarious. He's basically Mr. Big. He's basically a British Mr. Big. This is right, why I man. like him so much. Because Mr. Those are all the traits of Mr. Big, except that the accents are two different accents. And Mr. <laughs> Big is blonde. And and um uh and Brett, my boyfriend Brett, is is a brunette. Not. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. He's got brown hair and brown eyes, where Mr. Big has blue eyes and blonde hair. So um, yeah, I am, man, obsessed. She's smitten. I am so smitten. She's if so I ever smitten. saw him on the street, I would fucking die. And he has a podcast called Films oh. I Want to Be Buried With. <laughs> and there's like 200 and something episodes. And he has like famous guests on to talk about their favorite films. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. I listened to like two or three of them. But... Yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, I am sorry for my Brett Goldstein. I cannot wait. That's okay. You you put up enough with mine, so <laughs> I cannot wait for him <laughs> to be um to be Hercules. Jamie, we must see whatever movie that they are in because you know they're gonna fight. Yeah. 
we must see it together. <laughs> we'll be like, team Hercules, team Thor. It's going to be Thor is going to win because Hercules isn't. Well, no, Hercules. I don't know. I know. I, I believe he's a good guy. Norse god, Greek god. We'll see. We'll see. Mm. I know. Oh, all right. Shall we jump in? We got a lot to go through. Secret Invasion Season 1, Episode 1. How come West- it feels like we've it's been forever since we've done, like, a series? Because, Jamie, it has. She-Hulk <laughs> was, what, last fall? Like, it feels like so long ago. Because it has been, like, over six months since has they it? had a series. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. August 18th was the original air date. For She-Hulk episode oh, one. Wow. So it's been almost a year? Yeah. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah. Alrighty. So Secret Invasion. I am going to cover and um, recap for you ladies tonight. Secret Invasion season one, episode one, Resurrection. So right off the bat, I know we talk a lot about like the different genres that Disney Plus Marvel series have been going, have been doing like Loki has a Doctor Who feel, and um, She Hulk is a like law rom com kind of like you know feel to it, and just like every series, like a has dramedy, a dramedy, perfect. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. And so, like this one, I feel like james bond it reminds me Mm -hmm. of james Mm -hmm. bond i'm getting that kind of feel like oh spies and just oh it's i liked it a lot intriguing yes yeah also um there are going to be a shit ton of questions for clarity for this (laughs) series i have already want to do questions for clarity (laughs) We're going to do questions for clarity, girl. We got to keep it going. I know. Got to keep it going. I know, but I'm just saying, I fuck. I have three already that I wrote down as I was writing my notes. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I have three already. So whenever we have a question for clarity, you guys got to just bust them out. Bust them out. So. All right. Here we go. So we open. You're going to have to remind me what my question was. Because I did have a question at the end when we watched it on Friday. I just can't remember what it is right now. Oh, you remember. Okay, good. You can remind me. Okay. (laughs) But I had a question because I was like, wait a minute. You know what? I watched it three times. So I watched it with Mr. Big last Wednesday. Then I watched it to write my initial notes. And then I watched it. A third time while I was like, I had it on while I was, you know, like cleaning and just doing things yeah. around the house. I had it on and I had my earbuds in, so I'm listening and stuff. And every time I watched it, I caught more shit. So I had to keep going back to my notes and adding shit because I caught stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, but, that's what yeah. Liz said. She caught stuff the second time she saw it that she didn't catch the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is going to be, this is a... And this like is setting me being up. able to answer your question <laughs> that you had because this I heard more. Mm-hmm. This is going to set up, I feel, like the rest of phase five. 
this is going to be a must watch. Like you have to watch this to know what the fuck is going to go on for the rest of phase five. Oh, for sure. All right. So we open up with uh, a simple Marvel title card. No Marvel music or anything. No swoopy comic page turning Marvel title card. Um, It's just a, a simpler version of that. Then we go right into Moscow present day and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Like I read that the uh, director said that this does take place after She-Hulk. So that would make this what, like 2025, 26, right? If it's quote present day. Correct. Um, It is before Black Panther. Okay, and She-Hulk is before Black Panther as well, right? Yes, because okay. one of All my right. tidbits. Okay, well, yeah, go ahead. We'll address that. Do your tidbit. No, 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 no. It, it, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Mm. Okay, so, so we the see Moscow, where yeah. it's the, like the title card where it has that or the mm-hmm. cold opening. It's very similar to how they, you know, show different locations in Captain America: Civil War. Okay. So we see Agent Everett Ross, or who we think is Everett Ross. Spoiler. Um, he takes a call. And Everett Ross was... Um, so who's Everett Ross? We know him. Uh, he was introduced first as a CIA agent in Civil War. And then he went on to appear in both Black Panther movies. And then in Wakanda Forever, we find out that he is the... <clears throat> That his ex-wife is none other than CIA director Val. As Ross is walking down this like dingy tunnel, he tosses his phone. Um, okay, bro. Burner phone. <laughs> because, you know, he's a CIA agent, baby. He doesn't want to be tracked. So he throws his phone. Um, well, at least he was a former CIA. He's a former CIA. You know, with that whole thing with Okoye busting him out of jail and stuff like that. So I doubt he's in the CIA anymore. Um, So we see that. Then we hear a voiceover of Agent (laughs) Prescott um, as Ross, like, takes his gun out of his pant leg and and cocks it and just gets it ready and starts walking. And Prescott says, imagine a world where information can't be trusted. Not very hard, is it? Which, okay, I feel you there. I feel you there, Prescott. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And then Ross arrives at the safe house and sees Prescott. And he's, like, all sweaty. And he looks like he smells like beef and cigarettes and stuff. And he's, (laughs) he does. He's, like, he's, like, you could tell he was chain smoking right before Ross got there. He's looking at, you know, he's looking a lot like Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia um, with the conspiracy wall, you know, and there's articles all over the place, um, all sorts of newspaper clippings and all that stuff. And then uh, Prescott gives this whole, you know, like believer rant. Um, And it's basically the outline for this entire series. Uh, Prescott is talking to who he thinks is Ross and how lately a guy like Ross can't even trust someone like his ex-wife Val, who is a CIA, who is the CIA director. I think that Prescott was hinting that Val may be a scroll 
when he said that, I was like, as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, Val's a scroll. Val is a scroll. I mean, already within the first one minute of this episode, they have us guessing who's a scroll <laughs> and who's not, right? So, um, yeah, that's up for discussion maybe later. Uh, so Prescott goes on and talks about all these different, you know, you know, devastating world events. Uh, an Argentinian terrorist group who attacked Bogota, Bogota, yeah, Bogota, is that that what they said? Okay, Uh, which was, which resulted in a political shift in that country, followed by an attack in the Philippines, and then a mass shooting in Munich, and we see on his conspiracy wall that there's also a bombing in London. So Prescott says that rather than these events being executed by independent groups, they're all connected. One group of scrolls seeking to destabilize the you know the political world climate on earth in quote chaos. And that's the only the beginning. And that's what he says. Oof, it was he 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 sounded kind of weird. But the whole time he's like going on this chaos rant, uh Ross says very nonchalant manner and he's just belittling him not belittling him but he's like yeah okay bro whatever I really don't think it's that big of a deal blah 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 and he says very very nonchalant and very demeaning he's like the atmosphere has been tense but whatever it's like yeah motherfucker it's been tense (laughs) Jesus Christ Sherlock right so A frustrated Prescott goes on to explain that the invasion started 30 years ago when the scrolls found Earth and Nick Fury and Carol Danvers promised to find them a new planet, but they didn't. Nope. They they didn't find them any planet. And they don't want any planet. They want Earth. Now we really now we already know that Nick has a history with scrolls on earth with Talos and his wife Soren filling in for Fury and Maria Hill in Spider-Man Far From Home but not all scrolls are going to be they're just a misunderstood species as of now we haven't even seen episode 2 yet so um Fury's still out yeah and then Prescott asks Ross well where is Fury and Ross is so fucking pissed and he's done with this bullshit. He's like, he's like, he's on Saber. Like, dude, you fucking know this. And uh, Saber, Saber is that space station that he was on in the Marvels trailer. And it might be the same space station that Fury was on in the post credit scene from um, yes. in Far From Home, right? So no Ross goes, what? No was way it home. No Way Home? Okay. Yeah. Um, I knew it was one of them. I just guessed. I wasn't sure which one. <laughs> one of them. Uh, Ross goes on to explain that if he's going to bring Fury down from space, he needs more than just a bunch of conspiracy theories. Oh, boy. This really pissed him off. This <laughs> this really pissed him off. As Ross goes on. It's far from home. Is it far from home? Was I right? The second one? Yeah, so I 
was like, that doesn't sound right. I looked at my notes. No. Fear was seen in the post credit scene in Spider-Man Far From Home. <gasps> Not No Way Home. What? Oh, okay. Wait, wait. Is it's it, a Spider-Man. It Shut up. It's a Spider-Man. Is it March 22nd? Shut up. Jamie, no, is it it's, March? It's June 27th at 9.34 p.m. Holy Mark it down. shit. Mark it down. Mark it down. Two days. No, we're still going to celebrate No, this March never happened. Because it was the same happened. thing. Wasn't it Spider-Man last time? What? Uh, maybe. It was Spider-Man. What was it? Was, it had but this never happens. Do. Oh, Jesus. So it I got to take Spider-Man. the little victories when I can. You know, the only time happened. I watch Spider-Man is No Way Home. In the first 10 minutes, one Charlie Cox is in it, and then I turn it off. You're always right. Just let me have this one. <laughs> I know. This doesn't happen often. We have to maximize on it. <laughs> okay. So as Ross goes on playing devil's advocate bullshit, Prescott is seen right through Ross's bullshit. He starts tackling Ross, and he, like, strangles him, and he's, like, on him. He's trying to kill Ross. But good old Everett shoots Prescott right through the chest, killing him. And obviously Prescott is not a scroll because he just died. He didn't turn into a scroll. And then Everett's uh, Everett Ross. And then Everett Ross calls Maria Hill for an extraction. She tells him to meet her six blocks Northeast as Ross is running through Moscow. Someone is following him. Like a a, a Russian that he bumped into. They're running all over the place. They even go into um, like a rave. And I don't know, but it gave me Zemo vibes. Okay. It was like. Yes. And I just kept thinking, (laughs) doing his little bop, you know. (laughs) Anyway, they end up on a rooftop and they're jumping from roof to roof. But Ross misses and jumps, causing him to fall to his death. And Maria pulls up and tells the Russian dude to hold up his hands. And then we learn that the Russian dude was really Talos. And we see Ross turn into a scroll (gasps) because he died. And when scrolls die, they they turn into their, their natural skin and they shed human form the body they embody so the body they embody yeah so now that ross we finally realize that ross isn't really ross he's a scroll um so when he was first on the screen it kind of confused people um because at the end of black panda back black panda black panther what kind (laughs) (laughs) what kind of forever um he was charged with treason right uh, and then um that's when okoye broke him out of jail right so um so that had to have happened like that was happening at at the same time so obviously this couldn't be the real ross right otherwise it would make no sense that you're you know, arrested for treason, but yet you're claiming to still work with the CIA in the beginning right. of this. Right. right. So that's how so, we know that it's not really, not him. really him. Yeah. And it's right. a scroll. Yeah. 
So I have, a, okay. One of my questions for clarity is, was Ross a scroll the entire time or not? Or do you think that no. Ross is, no, you don't think, you think Ross is Ross in Black Panther and Civil yes. War, but a scroll yeah. just took his form while he's hiding right. out in the Wakanda. Okay. Yeah. That's so, yeah. So too. this would have have would have had happened before what happened <laughs> <laughs> so black panther was before See, what had happened you sound like my brother when he's trying to come up with money for the drug dealer what what, what happened? happened whoa 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 wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> go ahead i'm sorry you were saying <laughs> all right are you done yeah, that was it. Okay. Yes. All right. What you were so, saying now. Go ahead. Okay. Then we go into the opening credits, which are beautiful, but pissed me off because I found out. <laughs> I explained this to Jamie and Little Big. All right. And they're it. like, what? No, go ahead. It was created by AI. And oh, yeah, you did explain that. I was like, wait, where are we going with this? <laughs> yeah, that's you. why it doesn't. I mean, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. The opening credits are beautiful, but I just wish they had maybe paid an artist to actually do it instead of make a computer do it. Well, that's why they save money by. Yeah, yeah. that and then they, they had very few like actual physical transformations in front of your face kind of on screen too. that yeah. saved a lot, <clears throat> you know. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's beautiful to watch. The opening credits are beautiful to watch, but. I kind of wish that they would have, you know, paid a, an artist to actually do it. But I know. I think when we were having this conversation, I feel like we've gotten so spoiled with the movies mm -hmm. that we hold everything to that standard. We do. We do. I agree. Never thought of it that way. But now that you say it, absolutely. Same thing. We were like that. Remember, we we just couldn't get over the CGI and She-Hulk. With She-Hulk, absolutely. And we love it. It's like one of our favorite shows out of all the shows. Yeah, it's, it's just so our, hard to get past. It's so hard to get past the CGI. It was just was not because good. of what we're so used to in yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we then see a beam of light in a forest, and the silhouette of Nick Fury appears. He steps off of a spaceship. Fury is grabbing his knee in pain. And he's, you know, I figure like dude's getting old. They made that very, very clear that he's getting old. Oh, I yeah. have, man, I have a count going as to how many times Nick Fury was insulted in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got, he's got, um, you know, he's grabbing his knee. Probably he's been in space forever and he's just getting used to earth's atmosphere. Right. That could probably be it. It's like when you get out of bed and your knees are kind of rickety at first until you start moving, mm -hmm. you know? Um, anyway, he looks like, you know, an old sailor. He's got a pea coat and a white, beard and a beanie and most importantly no homeless. no eye patch. eye patch is gone and he just has like his cataract's eye <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know mo green's left eye this is like nick fury's left eye <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh jesus this would be great 
okay, TM, idea, idea for an offshoot for like a screenplay for us. We could write like that's all you Godfather, but we use Marvel characters. So, you know, instead, so we have, uh, instead of Mo Green and his left eye, we'll have, <laughs> we'll have, uh, Nick Fury and his left eye. Instead of a gun, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, goose, you know, uh-huh. a flirkin, Dude, I, I don't flirkin, know about that. A flirkin will just, <laughs> and the we'll cut. When we Can't. talk about things, I don't know. I feel like if we remake something, they're all gonna die mm-hmm. you're right we gotta stop talking about it like, well half the people I, half the people that were in the godfather are dead anyway or should be I because know. they're 80 they're 80 fucking years old and have babies it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. they're old. new they're new fathers they don't need to be they can't die he even right. though he's 80 exactly. having a father having a kid continue continue keep keep going you're like yeah i don't want to wait for jesus all right, one. all right sorry I'm, yeah. I'm on page two. I'm on page two. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. So there's no eye patch. All right. Maria takes Nick to the, her safe house and she tells him to go up on the roof. There's Talos. Go talk to him. So Talos is cultivating a scroll plant called Santo Milka. Miliki. Milikia? Milica. That's it. Milica. Yeah. Nick asks him about it and Talos explains that the plant adapted to Earth to the Earth's atmosphere very well. And that his late wife, Soren, brought the seeds everywhere she went. Nick and Talos press their heads together, which is a scroll term of endearment. Um, so here, next time I see you, instead of hugging you, we better press our foreheads together. <laughs> That's what we'll do from now on. Press our foreheads. I'm going to make Nugget do that to me. Press, Come here. Oh, press your forehead it. to me. I know he will. Nick gives his condolences to Talos for the death of his wife, Soren. And Nick then tells Talos to tell him about Grovik. But Talos is like, nay, nay, my friend. Grovik. Sorry. Nick then tells Talos to tell him about Grovik. But Talos is like, um, nay, nay. Let's talk about you. You've changed since the blip. Okay, so here's my running number. This fucking poor man. How he has been told three or four times in this episode that he's changed since the blip. Uh motherfucker turned into fucking ashes. Yeah, he's changed. Right? It messes with your psyche. With at a molecular level? Fuck yeah. So that's the first time somebody has insulted him. Talos calls Nick out saying that. They've helped him all these years in hopes that he would make good on his promise to find them a new planet. But since the blip, he's been different. And then, poof, he disappeared. And Carol Danvers, nowhere to be found. She's gone, too. And then his daughter, Gaia, disappeared. And Fury's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. Strike that. Reverse it. Rewind. She's gone. She disappeared. Talos goes on to explain that she was young and pissed off that the scrolls didn't have a home. So basically became a rebel. <laughs> okay, girl. I, I see you. I see you. Okay. Black Lives Matters. I get it. Girl, I'm there for you. I am all there for you. Okay. So Talos. So right now I'm like, girl, you're my people, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm with her so far. Kind of. 
She's mm. a rebel with a cause. A rebel with a yeah. cause. Yes. Love it. So Talos also explains that many of the young scrolls feel th- feel this way. And a lot of them are rebelling. He tells Fury that he got kicked off the council and was forced into exile. He was replaced by Gravik. And Gravik took Fury and Carol's abandonment a little too hard. And he's kind of mad. <laughs> well, I could understand where they're kind of pissed because they've been saying that, you know, it's been 30 years since it yeah. was the 90s. Right. And you've and had all these to- promises. Right. Like, fucking, when are you going to make good on your promises? Like, exactly. I, that's what younger. I'm saying. Like, I totally fucking get it. 100%. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're now like, inside. Shit or get off the pot. Yes. Exactly. And then what you fuckers just abandon them. You're like, uh, smell you later. Like, oh, Out. sorry. I got a sign somewhere else. Can't help you. Sorry. Like the U.S. government. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right, I'm not, we're not a political podcast. We are a Marvel <laughs> podcast. We're now inside talking with Maria and the, the the trio talking about Gravik. He's the newest member of the Scroll Council and he runs on the collective rage of young and displaced scrolls. Since scrolls can withstand radiation, we find out that he has set up camp in an abandoned nuclear power plant in Russia. There are, they explain that there are so many abandoned power plants in Russia that they're all off the books. So they don't know where he is specifically. And that this was Jamie's question. She was like, oh. why are they in Russia? Like, why are they still so in Russia? Confused. Why didn't they leave? And this is what I had caught the second time watching it. I guess yes. I didn't. Me too, part. Jamie. Yeah. I will yeah. go into I it. I literally too. was so confused. Yeah, yeah no, no, so. no. I will. I'm about to go into it soon. Yeah. Yeah. I completely missed it the first time I, I, I yeah. saw it too. But I my this is my next sentence. We learn that the scrolls are using an American taken from the AAR group, the American Aid Against Russia, Americans Against Russia group, uh, to detonate a bomb from materials taken from Kazakhstan to start a war between Russia and the U.S. So these fuckers are like, um, all right, we're going to burn everybody. We're going to nuke, we're going to get Russia and the U.S. to nuke the entire world because we can withstand radiation and this will be our planet now. That's their thinking. And this is just an easy way to get rid of the humans. Yes, a very easy way, you know? So, um, yeah, it's scary. And um, I am here for it. And when Nick finds that out, he gets super fucking pissed. He's like, that's a fucking bullshit. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's like, what the like, fuck? Son of a bitch. It's like, well, that's what you get for taking your sweet ass time. Well, yeah. I mean, here we go. My next my next line is here. Tallow then goes on to explain to Fury that if Gravik succeeds, the human species will cease to exist. And Nick cannot handle this information. And he <laughs> needs a timeout. He needs to process, so he goes for a walk. And Talos is like, dude, you will stick out like a sore thumb around here. <laughs> because, um, 
Nick is like, smell you later. And then he yeets it out of there. All right. I mean, he's. He's pissed. Yeah, he's pissed. He's so pissed. So now we jump to the White House and we see Rhodey. So Rhodey's there and he's filling in. So he's filling U.S. President Ritson in on the whole Maria uh, Fury situation. And so. I'm sorry. Dermot Mulroney as president. Thank you. I will vote for him. End of story. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. He. He looked. Way cuter in my best friend's wedding. But, you know. Well, he was, I mean, was 30 years ago. I know. Yeah, I was like, he was a lot younger. Wait, if men can, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, well, I, I still, I mean, if he, you know, I, I, I'd say. I wouldn't pass. tell him no. Yeah, I would. I'd tell I him wouldn't no. kick him out of bed. I would. I would. <laughs> I would too. Just not me. But he's not mine. He's not my cup of tea. I mean, Same. he looks, I mean, he could be hairy. He definitely <laughs> has all the attributes, but is he funny and does he love the Muppets? Those are the I two most important things. I don't need him to knit me a sweater and stay for the, the week. Knit me a sweater. <laughs> I just said I wouldn't kick him out of bed. Doesn't mean he's got to, you know, set up camp. <laughs> well, true. Very true. Very true. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so now we know. Okay. So, question: We know that Harrison Ford is going to play President Thaddeus Ross, right? That can only lead us to believe that something's going to go down with President Ritson, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, because there has to be that transition, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking Ritson is really a scroll. I'm saying it now. Prediction. What do we call those? Just predictions. What do we even have? We just do questions for clarity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm predicting now. I'm gonna um, put we need like uh who's who's human, who's a scroll, like a <gasps> list. Okay. <laughs> Game. Yeah. Okay. Like, who's real okay. and who's not? Okay. Who wants to be in charge of that? I'm already in charge of questions for clarity. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. You have all the notes. I know I have all the notes. So scrolls. Okay, humans. Let's go over this real quick. Okay? Because we're just like, okay. Uh President Ritson. Okay, President Ritson, we think is a scroll. Who else do we think is a scroll? Well, Talos, <laughs> of course. He's a scroll. Um, Maria, I think, is a scroll. And I'll tell you why. When we get to the end, I think, okay. I think Maria is a scroll. Um, okay. I, we don't, we really haven't seen like other enough, yeah, enough yeah. people yet to yeah. be like, I think so that. far, but like, we'll, we'll definitely need like to a have running, running list. list. Okay. So James. running list. Ah. So, okay. So as of right now, president Ritson, we think is a scroll. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So that's all I have. All right. I'll mm-hmm. I'll keep the running list. I will keep the running list. Okay. So here we go. Let me go back. Let me find where we were. Okay. So, like I was saying, we know you know Ritson 
something's going to go down with him. I think he's a, we all think he's a scroll. We think he's, you know, a bad guy, whatever. He's on the other side of history. Anyway, Rhodey tells Ritson that Fury left Saber and he's like, what the fuck? It's a, it's a multi-billion dollar project. What the fuck? It's his problem. And he had one job. <laughs> he had one job and he can't fucking do it. And then Rhodey goes on to explain that, um, he intercepted an encrypted message from Agent Hill to Agent Fury, and they're trying to decode it. Um, and he'll give him, you know, he'll let him know once they do that. But given the fact that Rhodey could not even reach Hill or Fury, that they are effectively AWOL. And then President Ritson is super pissed, and he grits his teeth and does that low yell that, deal with it, like that. <laughs> He's so pissed. He's like, deal with Figure it. Figure it out. Yep. And I don't want to hear from you until you do. Right. So now. Nope. All right. Where am I? Okay. We now see Nick walking through the streets of Moscow. He's giving an, an unhoused man some money, walks past a food <clears throat> truck, and comes across a kissing couple. And as... He comes across this kissing couple. The woman looks at Fury and just stares at him. She's, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, that's and then, not unnerving. Right? And then we'll find out later, like, who she is. Because um, she's one of the people that Gravik will turn into later at the end of the episode. Um, which leads us to believe that all of these people that Fury sees on his walk are really scrolls just watching his every move. Like a ball bounces out and into the street and a young girl stares at Fury. That's the same girl with the ball that is that turns into Gravik later in the episode. And then Nick Fury is then kidnapped. They put a knapsack over his head and they throw him in a white rape van. You know, like old school, like <laughs> the only thing that van was missing was uh Pegasus on the side, you know, <laughs> so like, you know, your standard rape van. So we then, candy. <laughs> so this was probably one of my favorites. This was like one of my favorite um uh scenes in the entire show. I love Sonia Falsworth. I love <laughs> Olivia. I think she's a fantastic actress and fucking funny. I thought this was just so funny, especially this line. Okay. And I think Alyssa, you caught it, but I don't think Jamie caught it. Okay. So we, we then heard, I well, only because, watched it once. So well, and you're not a huge musical theater geek like we are. I mean, you love it. No. You appreciate it. You go with us, but you don't know. The I just can't like we are. Yeah, I don't. No, not right. the slightest. Okay, so then then we hear um, MI6 agent, you know, Sonia Falsworth. She goes, let's see, large black man in Moscow. It can either be Nick Fury or the ghost of Paul Robeson. And that made me fucking laugh hysterically because as some of you may not know, uh, Paul Robeson is very famous for singing Old Man River in the in the musical showboat and never saw it sorry oh you that's never why saw i was it? like i don't know that's why i was like i don't know what understand he that has like a 
Oh my God. Okay. So I thought for sure you would have gotten it. So it, <laughs> he, so Paul Robeson, um, well, anyway, I'll go into it. Um, and then I she tells her, I do have a tidbit on Sonia. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, so Sonia is not actually in the comics. Um, like she doesn't, there's like, there's no, she doesn't exist in the comics. Yeah. Uh, so she was just kind of created for the MCU. Um, oh, okay. And it's likely she's related to an existing um, MCU character um, from the comics who appeared in Captain America, the first Avenger, who is uh, James Montgomery Fallsworth, uh, <gasps> played by J.J. Field, who one of the uh, screaming as one of the Howling Commandos. Um, so in the comics his character becomes the costume hero union jack and his (gasps) descendants take up the mantle as well oh and then so sonia might not be union jack but as an mi6 agent uh she likely continued the family trade of espionage and you know working for the government snaps that's a good one that mm-hmm. was a really good one so then she tells on and then she tells her thug to take the hood off and sonia is very disappointed because she was hoping for a command performance of old man river <laughs> <laughs> so now okay so robeson was really really political during his lifetime he totally embraced socialism and he loved Moscow. He was there several times in his life and he was very famous in Moscow. So, uh, okay. So this, that would, that's why she said it because he's the that only black man that would ever be a regular in Moscow, to be honest. So, <laughs> um, so I don't think that Sonia was talking about their blackness rather than a black man in Moscow specifically. So, um, Nick seems to be happy to see, you know, secret agent Falseworth, but is cautious at the same time. There are a shit ton of clocks everywhere. I mean, they're just everywhere. And Sonia explains that an old English spy master started the tradition that a clock goes up and your time in the circus is done. Referring to MI6 because MI6 is nicknamed the circus. <laughs> and because oh, okay. it's low, yeah, because it's located at Cambridge Circus. So, so essentially, the spy master would put a clock up whenever a spy retired or died or something. And Sonia oh. tells Nick that, yeah. So Sonia tells Nick that she hasn't forgiven him for destroying her expensive flat. And Nick corrects her and says, You mean city? like from because of far from home and how you know nick was involved with mysterio and they used the stark and then mysterio used the stark drones and just completely destroyed london that's what i think he meant so anyway falseworth tells nick that thanos's snap changed him that's number two that is number two you change insults insults i think he's i think he's playing this part i don't think he really is all oh he's totally milking it he's milking it yeah he's just because he doesn't know who to trust so he's one he's using the injured feeble old man as a a cover 
Right. Right. So the fact that he, so the fact that he's changed after Thanos's snap and the fact that he didn't know about the whole Kazakhstan thing and the fact that he's taken, he was taken by her thugs means he's getting too old for this work. Bitch. Seriously? Seriously. I let I let you I let them take me. Okay. Right. That's exactly what he says. He's like, I did that, so they take me to you. So and she's like, Oh, sure. Sure. Whatever. Okay, Okay, old Old man man. river. (laughs) She's like, okay, old man river. Whatever. He is fucking smart. He did get taken on purpose because he put a bug on an owl eye. Uh, so he could spy on her, you know? So, boom. Fury 1, Falseworth 0. Right there, you know? So, Fury asked her to collaborate with him and join forces. But she's like, get the fuck out of here, you fucking old boomer. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> no. You can't help me. You're too old and feeble. So. What are you going to do? Bye-bye now. Yeah. You have a limp and one good eye. Okay. And scars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And scars. You have a limp and a cataract eye. So no, (laughs) no, you're not. Bye boomer. (laughs) Smell you later. Yeah. Smell you later. Okay. So then Nick leaves and tells her if she changes her mind, just to give him a call, give a brother a call. (laughs) And she's like, okay. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye now. Never, never see you. Bye. So now she she knows, you know, basically it's like a a fight to the finish line with this with this lady, right? We jump to 312 kilo, kilometers? Kilometers. No. Kilometers. Kilometers. It can actually be pronounced either way. Can it? Yeah. This is we're stupid fucking Americans. Most people say kilometers, but it could be kilometers. Okay, because we're fucking stupid Americans and everybody everywhere else in the world says kilometers. We use miles. We do not use the metric system. I was going to say we have a completely different system of measurement. Yeah. So sorry for all of our Brits out there. And if all it doesn't of our, make sense, <laughs> all of our foreign friends, um, we are assholes, but we're learning. We're works in progress. Okay. So here we go. We jump to 312 kilometers southwest of moscow in a scroll base right it's like all scrolls and they it's named new scrollos hey how original so creative yeah right (laughs) all three of us thought the same fucking thing seriously how long did it take you to think of that one take you to think of that one it's like it's like you know you to pee it's like in um in Futurama they live on they live in New New York. <laughs> like okay, Jesus. <laughs> New New York. So anyway, there's a newcomer. He walks up and delivers the passphrase: "Home is in my own skin." And the meaning, I mean, we all can just assume what the meaning is that they're trying to find a home. And they don't want to have to wear these disguises anymore. They want to be in their natural skin, you know? So we meet Gaia. This is Talos's daughter. She tells the newcomer to take his natural form. And after he shows her he's a scroll, 
Gaia takes the newcomer, his name is Beto, to the camp. Along the way, she gives him a piece of scroll fruit. And he is like, what the fuck? A taste of home. And he pounces on that shit like a puma. He just destroys it. Um, you know, that's, that's another example of, you know, being able to bring their plant life and their home planet life to earth and how similar their two planets are, the two planets are. So this is like, yeah, we can set up civilization here and they're gonna, they're gonna try. So, um, they arrive at the camp and Beto on the captions, it's spelled B-E-T-O. Now, mm-hmm. we pronounce that Beto, as in Beto O'Rourke, the should have been senator from Texas. Okay. But Beto, they pronounce it Beto. So I am sorry in advance if I keep saying Beto because that's just how we pronounce it. But I will try to say Beto. Anyway, his name is Beto. And he sees fellow scrolls everywhere school children playing soccer playing in the mud they're just everywhere and they're walking and he is in amazement he then asks Gaia if they're all a part of the resistance she explains that Gravik provides refuge for scrolls but if he does choose to be a warrior there's one advantage he'll get to leave the compound because nobody leaves the power plant not unless they are a warrior. The warriors keep their human forms. The longer they are attached to the shell, the harder it is to be identified by humans and squirrels alike. They arrive at a steel door and Gaia tells Beto, Beto, sorry. Gaia <laughs> tells Beto that if he proves his loyalty to Gravik, Gravik will reward him. Beto asks her what's behind the sealed door, and she says, oof, this was good. She says, victory. Ooh, it was good. It was real good. As Gaia is walking through the room, we see all these bodies of humans that they have taken so far, including, if you see, if you look, the like, like I don't know, it's like the one of the first bodies that you see. Um, he's the art dealer that we see later on in the episode. So, oh, um, okay. yeah, I noticed that the second oh, I didn't time I watched that. it. I didn't yeah, I, I didn't notice nope. it until I watched it the second time. So we see the scrolls bring out the kidnapped AAR member and they tell a scroll to take his face and then they strap him into this pod looking thing. I mean, it looks like electricity going like something like Frankenstein, you know, it's like these like the like, like just the electric a, chair. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Like an electric chair. But like, yeah, like these pods with like electricity going through their temples. The scrolls tell <laughs> this other scroll to take his mind and the scroll puts his fingers on his forehead and he like sucks all his memories out of his mind. It was really cool. Um, all the while, there's this like silhouette 
standing in the background and, and guy is watching him and he's watching what's going on. And then he walks away mysteriously, which, you know, we can only assume is probably Gravik right in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those mind probes were first used in Captain Marvel. When um, Talos yes. using it to find the location of the Tesseract. Oh, yes, yeah. they were, Jamie. <gasps> yes, they were. Nice. That's another snap. Good job. That's a good one. So back at the safe house, Talos, Nick and Maria are listening in on Sonia talk about how there's something up. Fury would not have returned to Earth without a just cause. Then she goes on to tell the agent that she's talking to that Gravik and the bombs remain the imminent threat. And there are only five specialists in all of Moscow that are capable of building such a bomb. And her money is on Vaseline Propchichin. 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 <laughs> We can't even say American names. You want us to learn Russian names now? I'm past. Yeah, sorry. Propchichin. Propchichin? Sure. Okay. Sure. Propchichin. Whatever. Okay. I'm going to call them (laughs) Propchichin because I think that's how I heard them say Propchichin. Works for me. Okay. Okay, whatever. I am so sorry. I'm killing it. I'm just yeah, I'm not killing it. About I'm us. murdering it. Ugh. They know that about us. Yeah, I know. He owns a high-end gallery in the center of Moscow. He res- he restores painting and radioactive bombs. Hey, that's a niche right there. That is a niche. We need to find <laughs> our own niche. Well, not like that. Not like that, but yeah. So Maria wants to know- <laughs> Maria wants to know what the plan is. And Nick is like, go in, attack the MI6 agents and get out, get out, you know? And she's like, no, (laughs) are you nuts? Oh, no, not her. Talos is like, you're fucking nuts, man. No. But Nick Fury explains that they're not only at war with Gravik, but in a race with Agent Falseworth. He explains that she will eliminate anyone and everyone who has ever heard of the name Gravik because she's got to be, she's got to win. She's got to be the winner. So speaking of Gravik, here, we finally meet Gravik. He is fine. (laughs) He is one good looking bad dude. He is one good looking bad dude. He's sitting in the cafeteria with a cup of coffee or tea or whatever. And um, he's just like plopping, you know, sugar cues, plippity plop, you know, (laughs) never drinks it. He just keeps plopping these sugar cubes endlessly into this cup. And then um, his henchman, Pagan or Pagan, it's spelled Pagan because that's what the subtitles. Again, I think it may be Pagan. I don't know. Probably. It's probably not Pagan, but it's not Pagan, but whatever anyway so pagan pagan is his second in command um he walks in and then guy is just sitting there reading like a psych book so she can like learn about the human psyche whatever hey doing her homework i get it i get it anything helps for the cause for the cause um he explains that fury is in town 
And then he explains that Fury is not to worry about, nothing to worry about. The guy has a limp and he's got a cataract eye and he could barely see out of the other eye. I was going to say know? that's dig number what? Three, four, that, five, six, that, seven, right? Eight. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gravik then tells Pagan or Pagan that they start tomorrow and they don't stop until the world is theirs. Oh my God. So Pagan is walking and he tells Gaia, you come with me. He tells her to take this cash and go to Proportion and pick up two bags and get them to to the Moscow safe house undisturbed and intact. He told her to deal with Proportion only, no one else. And with that, she is off with a driver. And you know, that driver was probably somebody, somebody's uncle, you know, here, I'll throw you in here. Be here, the driver. Somebody, somebody. Somebody, somebody that's like, I was in a Marvel movie and I'm not dissing it because Lord knows what's ladies. I've always, you know, this, I, my dream role is to play a zombie. I don't care how, I don't care when I just want to be a zombie. If I know, (laughs) Hey, anybody out there that needs a zombie, I'm your gal, (laughs) but like, I get it. Hook a sister up. But like, I get it. If we could be in a Marvel movie and just be like in the background, we are in technically, a fucking heartbeat. We right? are technically in a Marvel fucking movie. I am all about in it. In a fucking heartbeat. Right? right? So now we see Gaia sneaking around Moscow trying to get Proportion. And she notices MI6 agents. But she's really, really sneaky. And she manages to sneak past them. Talos, he outs one agent. Um and by um by pretending to be the other agent so he goes in and the one agent goes what no coffee and then he like yeah plop some plippity plop with a a serum and knocks him out cold so then talos and fury are now on their way to production but gaia she gets there first and she makes the deal so i have a question if he's a scroll then why did she need to pay him? Because isn't he for the cause, right? That was one of my questions. Why did she have to pay him for the bomb materials if he's a scroll and he's for the cause? And he's his body still did the work for his for his work? Or maybe he had to pay off the people he got the stuff from? Maybe. Could be. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's any number of answers, right? So then we cut to Nick and Talos walking through alleys. Okay, so this, I have such an issue with this. As follows. We cut to Nick and Talos walking through an alleyway, and they come across a chain door. And Talos says, he's got this, and he breaks the chain easily. And Nick says, not bad for a 136-year-old. And Talos corrects him. This is what I have a problem with. (laughs) Talos corrects him and says that he may be 136, but his human form is 40. Um, I'm sorry. Since uh, when? Excuse me? His (laughs) human form is not 40 fucking years old. 
Have you seen him? Okay, yeah. so Mendelssohn, Ben Mendelssohn is, is the actor who plays Talos. His IMDb has him at 54 years old. <laughs> Dude, bitch trying to play 14 years younger? My ass. Oh my God. I mean, maybe he could play 50, but please. Right. 40? No. I have major issue with Ben Mendelsohn playing a 40-year-old when he's 54, and he doesn't even look 40. Now, I could see if you look 40 playing a 40-year-old, but no. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. 40. Who you fu- Who you trying to kid? Anyway. Um, not to say that he looks bad. He doesn't. I'm just saying that he can't. He just doesn't 40. look 40. Right. No. No. Anyway, so Talos says that he hasn't even had his midlife crisis yet and asked Nick what he bought for his midlife crisis. And he simply says the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Go sorry, ahead, Liz. I'm 40. sure you have it. Huh? Oh, no. I thought you had the tidbit. No, I was just thinking, really? He looked 40 in Avengers in the first Avengers. Oh. Oh, yeah, God. I'd say he did. I'd say he looks 40 in the first Avengers. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty, he looks fucking younger, a lot younger than he looks now. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead, Jim. Oh, so when uh, Nick Fury replies, you know, Avengers, this marks um, Secret Invasion, episode one. It marks the very first reference to the MCU's most famous superhero team. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. So it was never addressed in any of the series before. Not even, wait, what about Hawkeye? Not explicitly, no. Really? Oh, yeah, that's right, because she's just, like, huge fan of Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Wow. In MCU Disney Plus series, is what you're Correct. saying? Okay. Wow. Wow. Good. That's another. Yeah, because, like, She-Hulk talked about Tony and Cap and like Hulk and stuff, but not like yeah, like not specifically okay. saying Avengers. I got you. Oops. I got you. That's awesome. That's a good one. It's a good one. Now we see Propotion walk in the room and find Fury and Talos waiting for him, and he's like, "Why the fuck are you sitting in my Louis the sixteenth or fourteenth or thirteenth chair?" Um, <laughs> that's a priceless work of art, and he's like, "Fuck you." So, um. So he's like, well, what do you want? And Nick says, some damn good answers. Ooh, boy. So then we jump to Maria, and she sees something fishy. Uh, She phones Nick, telling him that she's on foot, uh, and she's going to pursue the subject. Um, Now this next scene, okay. Totally reminded me of Samuel Jackson's role as Julius in um, Pulp Fiction. And the way he interrogates the art dealer is the is like similar to the way he interrogate interrogates Brad in Pulp Fiction. Like the whole time I'm watching this, I'm waiting for him to, to <laughs> recite Ezekiel 2517 because he was like take a take a sip of his his delicious his delicious beverage to wash down his burger his delicious burger with so um anyway so fury asks propotion 
where the bomb is. And he's like, uh, I know not what you speak of. <laughs> and then Talos <laughs> starts beating the shit out of him. He's like, fuck you. And he's just like, and then he just starts beating his ass. Um, And Nick is like, well, looky here. You know, <laughs> he was very impressed. But then it starts not looking so good for Talos because Propotion is starting to kick his ass. And Nick is like, you okay, dude? You want me to step in? But Talos keeps telling him, no, I got this. I got this. Stop. No, I got this. There's a bit of ass kicking back and forth between Talos and Propotion until Propotion tells Talos that he betrayed his own people and then he threw him into a bookshelf. Then Fury just kills Propotion. And boy, howdy, <laughs> is Talos pissed. He does not want to kill his own, and he feels so bad that one of his own died. He just wanted to maim him, you know? Plus, they needed to get fucking information out of the dude, right? So, like, they're, they have no information because fucking happy trigger finger fury over here is playing fucking <laughs> cowboys and Indians. Pew, pew, you know? Come on, dude. Get some information out of him first. Anyway. So we pop on over to Maria, and she's following Gaia around with the backpacks of explosives. Uh, Maria, Maria follows her into this dark underground tunnel thing and proceeds to get her ass completely handed to her by Gaia. Then Talos appears out of nowhere. And follows Gaia. And Talo catches up with his daughter and tells her to stop or he'll shoot. And she's like, no, you won't. You never do. You idle threats, dad. Idle threats. It's been this way my whole life. <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> you have a point. Yeah, point. And then uh, Talos kind of, you know, tells Gaia that, you know, her mom died. And he also explains that Gravik was the one responsible for her death. Or the rebels. Not necessarily Gravik, but the rebels. Well, he said, you know, ask the people that you work for. Yeah. Or that you're running with. Like, they're yeah. the ones that killed her. Right. He then tells her to give him the bomb, but Guy is like, I can't do that. Um, no. <laughs> and she's like completely in denial that Gravik was responsible for her mother's death. She punches her dad and then walks off to deliver the bombs, but not before she mourns her mom in the alleyway. That poor girl. She just slumps around, slumps down in the alleyway and just like, what the fuck? So she is very conflicted at this point. You can totally see it on her face. All right, we jump to a Russian bar where Nick gets, again, poor Nick. We jump to a, this guy. This scene is particularly brutal on Nick Fury. <laughs> so we jump to a Russian bar where Nick gets to talk to the locals uh, in their native tongue. And some Russian dude tells him that he can stare all day into the mirror, but he'll never be the man he once was. <laughs> Insult number 26. 
Again, telling Fury that he is too old and out of steam. Motherfucker. The old man. Um, we're going to see him again. He comes up again at the end. Again, he's another form that Gravik takes uh, at the end of the episode. Then he meets up with Maria to have a little heart to heart. Maria's like, um, why the hell did you leave Earth? You know? And he's like, well, I had a faith of a crisis of faith <laughs> and the reason why he came back is because he owes it to talos to come back and maria then again goes on to tell fury that he's not ready for what's to come and that he's changed since the blip okay we know Golly. we know maria jeez Everyone is telling he this. Knows. I know, right? Everyone's telling this poor old man that he's changed since the blip. We get it. Okay. Tell yeah. me something right. I haven't heard already. Right. Okay, Marvel. You've made your point. You've made your point loud and clear. We the limp, did it. The, the cataract eye, the, the 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 beard. Dude, I get it. Okay. So yes. meanwhile, um, meanwhile, Gaia delivers the bombs and asks Pagan to delay the bombing. But he's like, are you nuts? No. Thanks to you, we're able to send a real message tomorrow. And she's like, fuck nut. Motherfucker. God damn it. So uh, what does she do? Um, We'll see. There's an older lady, an old sophisticated lady who hails a cab and the cab arrives and in a desolate, you know, the cab arrives in a desolate alley. And it turns out that it was really Talos picking up Gaia. All right. <laughs> so she at least kind of wants to understand where her father's coming from. Right. Because she would never have even met him if she didn't. So Gaia seems to be having second thoughts, but still she's on the fence. She tells her father that the bombing is planned for tomorrow on Unity Day. She goes on to explain that there are three bombs and that Gravik knows that Talos will be there. He's like, well, how does he know? She said she doesn't know and explains that there are hundreds of operatives in the field. It's tough to say who might have told him. She goes on to tell her father that there will be three couriers, including her. Talos then tells Gaia that her mother would have been proud of her and then walks away. Okay. I'm not, like, I felt so bad. Felt so bad. I don't. Okay. Do you think that Soren's really dead? Question. Is Soren dead? Because we haven't seen her death, although they could no. always do like a flashback to her death. Right? Question for Claire. Mm. I don't know. I I think so. Only because of the way when he told Nick, when Talos told Nick, like he looked pretty choked up. Yeah. <laughs> Talking Very about her. Maybe he doesn't know though. Right. Right. Well, maybe she, maybe she has to go deep cover and walk away from them. Maybe. 
Maybe. Well, that would be kind of funny how they played off that with Natasha that Nick was dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a history of faking death. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question for clarity. I got it in there. All right. Let's jump to Unity Day. Okay. I'm going to try this. I phonetically spelled it out and I looked it up on how to say it. No, God. Let's jump to, hey, at least I'm trying, right? Okay. Absolutely. Let's jump to Unity Day in Voice and Dindinian. Voice and Dindinian. Square. Voice and Dindinian. Square. The square. It sounds like you're trying to start up like a motor or a dirt bike. That's exactly what that sounds like. My little scooter named Scoot. Come on, Scoot. That's exactly what that sounds like. That's awesome. All right. So let's jump to Unity Day in the square. I'm just going to drop it. We're going to be in the square. And Nick talks. Nick talks. I'm sorry. Every time I put Talos, it autocorrect to talks like through the, in my, all mm-hmm. my notes. All right. So Nick, Talos, and Maria are stationed at different points in the square. The trio have eyes on Gaia. As she's walking with two backpacks, Talos explains how Gaia has painted the backpacks carrying the bombs with an infrared spray. And they're all wearing these special glasses that can see the infrared. Anyway. They miss the pass. All they see is Gaia walking without the backpack. And it was like super quick. Seriously, like blink of an eye. She walks behind somebody and they're gone. But Nick sees one backpack going east and one headed south. So now they're all moving around. So there's a ton of different moving pieces here. And of course, there is a huge crowd because it's Unity Day and the people are there to party. Tons of people. As they're looking for the bags spray painted with the infrared spray, Nick sees that girl with the rainbow ball from earlier in the episode when he was taking his evening stroll. He follows her and she shapeshifts into the old man at the bar and then again into the lady that was making out with the rando. And then finally, the ra- the lady morphs into Gravik. Maria and Talos catch up with the other two carriers and they get the backpacks, but they're completely empty. They ended up being decoys. Nick Fury then locks eyes with Gravik just as he's detonating the bomb. And then mass hysteria erupts. Nick tries to follow Gravik, but loses him because, you know, as we were told several times, he ain't no spring chicken, right? (laughs) So we jump to Maria, who's trying to help somebody because she, you know, um, has a heart of gold, whatever, you know, so she is, so she's helping somebody. And we know that this is not the move she should have made because she sees Nick and she walks over to him. And that is when the lookalike Nick decoy shoots Maria Hill. I was like, holy shit. They just killed Maria Hill. Oh, my God. She's been with them since the beginning. 
I'm flabbergasted. Yeah, she marks phase five's first death of someone that's been with us in the MCU since the beginning. Wow. Well, I mean, also Black Widow and... No, no, no. I'm saying she marks phase five's first death. Oh, phase five's first. I, I missed that part. Okay, phase five's <laughs> first death. That's amazing. Oh, she made it longer than uh, Tony Stark. <laughs> so the fury look. Sorry. Yeah, but Bad she joke. was blipped too. So yeah, true. Very true. Tony Stark saved her. Her freaking ashy ass. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> then Fury, the Fury lookalike, turned out to be Gravik, as we know. Nick Fury tries. To aim his gun at Gravik, but again, he's, he's too feeble. old. He's too old and feeble. You know, and his doesn't eyesight. another bomb doesn't another bomb go off too? Maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But you know, he only has one good eye and that one's going too. So it's kind of hard, you know? Uh and and then just like that, poof, Gravik's gone. Just like, you know, he's gone. Nick runs to Maria and Maria says, it was you. Oh, my God. That was terrible that that's her last word. Yeah. And she died thinking that and she honestly thought it was him. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just so terrible. So Nick is After crying. everything they've been through together. Right? right. Oh, so Nick, he's crying, you know, and he's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And then was pulled away by someone. We don't know who he was. I assume it was Talos, but we don't know. <laughs> and we never, but we, you know, we don't know who pulled him away from Maria. Um, but then the camera pans out from Maria's dead body. And then that is the end. So I think they're going to pick up where they left off. And we're going to see that Maria is a scroll. That Maria is a scroll, or Maria comes back as a scroll. But Maria's oh, okay. coming back. I don't think they kill her off. I don't think she's a one and done episode. I think she's a major part of this. Okay. Put okay. her on my scroll list. Good job, Nikki. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. That was a lot. Like, it was a lot going on to unpack especially we're a little rust not rusty but i mean yeah we are yeah. And we're rusty sounds. we're rusty. We are rusty yeah 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 but yeah i'm i yeah this is gonna be a series that we're gonna have to watch each episode multiple times there were so many little things that i did not catch the first go around yeah no i'm gonna have to watch it this episode before i watch the second episode again yeah yeah i only watched it once so okay all right, so uh, questions for clarity. I have so far, was Ross a scroll this entire time or not? Um, how did Soren die? That was another one. I want to know, like, like, did they shoot her? Did they bomb her? Did they torture her? Like, what did they do? Right, like, did they kidnap her and, like, try right. to get information out of her? I mean, they killed one of their own, you know? Yeah. Uh, why does Gaia need to pay for poaching? I want to know. 
Um, I mean, you know, I mean, if he's for the greater good, you need to find that out. And then uh, our, my fourth one is, is Soren really even dead? Is she even dead? Mm-hmm. So is there any other questions for clarity? No, because you answered my question. Melissa answered my question. Why yeah. was it in Moscow? Yeah. Yeah. Why was it? Yeah. I was like, because they of want the us- radioactive sites. Yeah. All righty. All right. Well, I can't wait for Bravo. tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. You know, see, uh, episode two airs tomorrow. So, and we won't see you for two weeks. Um, and every two weeks we're just going to do, and we know by, by the time this comes out, we're going to have, we're going to be three deep, but you know, we're going to, it's okay. It's okay. There's nothing else coming out anytime soon. Right. I mean, Hey, all right, let's, what do you got for us? Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon music, and iHeartRadio. And we are also on Facebook and Instagram. We are also on Facebook and Instagram and check no, out. No, you can call uh, it Insta. That's what the kids call it. Insta. Insta. Yeah, we're on the Insta. Yeah, uh, okay. And <laughs> check out our kick-ass website, americasasses.com. And if anyone knows of a way that any of us can be an extra in a movie, email us <laughs> at americasassesgalcast at um, gmail.com. An MCU movie. Or, or a zombie movie for A now. zombie movie for me. Yeah. So email us. <laughs> and or anything preferably with uh Chris Evans or Charlie Cox. I'll take anything. <laughs> um I'm not picky. Or Brett Goldstein. Mm. That's Nikki. Like if they just need even if it's just <laughs> my hand, if they need a close-up of a hand gently petting his chest, I could be that hand. My face <laughs> does not need to be involved. I'll cover up my tattoos with makeup. It's, you know, I got tattooed hands, but I'll cover it up with makeup. They got, I got makeup to do that. So. Yeah, they make that. And there's one more thing you could do for us. You could like us. Love us. Follow us. Rate us. Review us. And subscribe to us. And one more thing. I love you. Love you. I love you. 3,000! born with rickets or did he develop rickets no it's you know it's not something you develop it's something you're born with but they can't they don't recognize it right away okay just because Mm -hmm. you're born little got it it's as he started to develop they noticed he wasn't growing as tall as everyone else and growing appropriately yeah okay until like i think it was like two when they brought him in okay to like start finding everything out all right all right now, I have another ignorant question, but I don't want to be ignorant. I want to ask the question. So is if you have rickets, are you considered a little person? Because he's not little. He's just small. Um, it depends. So there's varying people with rickets can be little people. Okay. Or not. Okay. Little people is you have to hit like a certain height. I think, aren't you like... Four, it's eight four or something. ten or something like that to be considered or, a little yeah. person. Okay, like four um, eight, four nine, something like that. And okay. he just happened to be five feet. But I mean, okay. there but are he had, little people with rickets. 
he had what and he told me that he had surgery on his legs what was that mm -hmm. for rickets was that yeah for his because bones? essentially rickets looks like you have been riding a horse your ah, legs are so severely bow-legged oh severely mm -hmm. okay all right um so they broke his legs twice to reset them oh okay to, like straighten them out yeah okay all right just wanted to know i don't want to be on the ignorant side of things and just guess oh no you know absolutely and since i have one of my best friends happens to be <laughs> on the smaller stature might as mm -hmm. well ask you know exactly i have no problem he doesn't either have like answering any questions yeah that's how i am about autism and my like, kids yeah yeah just ask questions what yeah. always would get me like when we were first dating was when people would stare or say something behind his back that pisses me that's off ignorant too. yeah right that's ignorant yeah or i hate it when parents question, absolutely curiosity yeah. I hate it when like <laughs> parents um of children who are curious about my kids because you guys know they're obvious that <laughs> there's yeah. something going on and kids stare and point and and they're talking to their mom or dad about them and their mom and dad are like don't stare don't stare and um and I always tell this to go up to them and introduce them introduce yourself and just say hi my name is and i have autism and she well, does see, i tell not to stare not because i don't think he should be seeing that but right. i know a lot of oh, there's a different triggers yes and yeah. i don't want him to be the cause of someone's meltdown yeah but like yeah. we've seen like plenty of different people whether it be skin color or ability and i'm like oh Baby, they're that's the way they were born. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, oh, okay, mom. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Like, I just, I don't want him to stare and be the reason, like, to someone make, has a meltdown or someone is super uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right. But he's, it's, like, trying to figure out, like, they're like me, but not like me. Like, what right. is going on? I do have a funny um, story, which I don't know. I think is cute. It's probably the only cute thing about my brother. When he was really little, like three or four, my mom and my brother were in, um, he had to have been four because my mom said she was pregnant with me. They were in Kmart, like okay. shopping, whatever. Little suburban Kmart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, the good old Kmart, that's now what, uh, a, a Mariano's right there on the corner, mm -hmm. of, you know? <laughs> so they're in Kmart and... Um, my brother was looking at something and my mom had, uh, was at the other end of the aisle and here comes a little person, uh, a man with a, with a mustache. And he was, you know, a very little person, my mom said as big as my brother. So my brother was like four. So, but he was tall for his age. So he was like, right. was like I don't know, like three feet tall, whatever. And so my brother had never seen a little person before. And so mm -hmm. he runs to my mom. He's like, mom, mom, look at that kid's got a mustache. Oh. <laughs> and my, the way my mom describes it, the way she handled it was like, no, that's a, that's a, that's a guy. He's just a short guy. And he, my <laughs> brother, and my brother goes, well, I want to be a short guy with a mustache. That's cool. Oh, <laughs> and the guy, and the guy, the guy. Well, obviously, the guy's right there next to them, you know. Right. And the guy looked at my brother and goes, 
Mm-hmm. Once you turn five, you start getting your mustache. And he walked away. <laughs> See, that's oh, a perfect that's response. So cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, like get stared at a lot by like kids. And I totally think it's just the curious, curious nature. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, he's right. almost my size, but he looks not like how I look. Like he has yeah. at the time he had hair, like facial hair and Yeah. Now he's bald and he has facial hair, but he still looks like them. Like, yeah, they, you know, they're just trying to size like, him up. The curiosity of kids is absolutely awesome. I think it's amazing. It's just sometimes the dickhead parents when you're like, I'm gonna fucking deck you. 100%. That's the problem I have is with, when the parents yes. aren't as curious as a kid or encourages them to be curious, you know, or explains to them, you right. know, it's the, yeah. it's the, you know, don't look, don't look. And then they shy them away. Right. Like it's a bad thing to see. Yeah. Instead of being like, don't stare, but this is what's going on. This is, you know, exactly. There's a difference, you know? All right. Well, that's our PSA on, um, uh, don't be a dickhead. dickhead The people who are living with differences. (laughs) I'm keeping that in at the end because I think that's a pretty, no, I like that PSA. So I came up with, I have an idea. Um, it's just a suggestion. Calling him Tater Tot. <laughs> you could call him Tater Tot. Cute. Tater Tot and Nugget. Cute. Tater. Tater. Cute. Tater Tot, because he's got to match his brother. What goes good with nuggets? Tater Tots. Yeah. There you go. I like that. Because I had chickadee. You had chickadee? So what goes more like a girly name? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Or we could call him Drumstick. (laughs) I'm not going to shout. Hey, Drumstick. Hey, Drumstick. No. That's funny. Tater Tot. Hey, Tater! Tater! Mm, Tater! Did you watch all of it? Because every time I looked over, it looked like your eyes were closed. (laughs) I was awake. I watched it all. Okay. Because every time I kind of looked over, I was like... She'd be like, as we're doing this recap, it'll be just as surprising. She's like, oh! Really? Mm -mm. I I watched it. Okay. I just couldn't tell. Like at the way you were like laying on the couch, I was like, she awake. I can't tell. It was awake. <laughs> this is better there because I was right. Right. <laughs>